Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Trot's Talk. Live the dream. Get involved in harness racing today. NZ Harness Racing. Visit hrnz.co.nz. Yeah, kia ora, good morning. Welcome to Trot's Talk here on SENZ, courtesy of our friends at Harness Racing New Zealand. It's great to have your company, Michael Guerin, shortly, Greg O'Connor, and some other people joining you to talk about harness racing. But uh, first of all, last night, I hope you enjoyed the rugby. That was good. A little bit weird early doors, but after that, we absolutely smashed them. A couple of yellow cards always helps. And to all those fans of what's going on with the, the FIFA Women's World Cup, I hope you enjoy tonight's game. I know it's a huge deal for a lot of people, um, including people in my family, and they'll be watching intently, as will I. So, yes, hopefully a good result. Wouldn't it be remarkable to think that we could get round to the round of 16 in a... A Women's World Cup for FIFA. Greg O'Connor is joining me. Greg's actually got a, a son who's a very good soccer player. Greg, have you been watching any of the FIFA Women's World Cup? As I say, good morning to you. Yeah, very good morning, Michael. Um, how could you not get wrapped up uh, in it? Uh, I know when I was in Oz up until last Sunday, um, it had really gathered momentum over there, although obviously they lost during the week. But uh, yeah, I'll be watching. I'll be tuned in tonight and enjoying the talent that is uh, amongst the, the female women football players around the world because, gee, it's come a long way in the last... Well, since the turn of the century, anyway. Well, it's a weird one because it's very hard to discuss it as an ignoramus like myself without sounding sexist. But I was watching uh, the game during the week, the game we actually lost, and I was like, man, there's some skill in this. Damn, that's yep. good. And then afterwards I was thinking, like, well, I don't know, what was I expecting? I, don't, I, don't, I know that sounds really ignorant, but then again, I think the same thing if I watch New Zealand men's football and if I see something really cool and world-class, I'm like, oh, wow, I didn't know we could do that because I simply don't watch enough of it to know. Um, but, yeah, it's been great fun. So I think a lot of people, I was in a cafe this morning and people were, <laughs> doesn't that sound like an Auckland thing to say? <laughs> but a yes. lot of people were saying, yeah, I'll be watching tonight. So it's really, really exciting, looking forward to it and... Um, yeah, it's going to be a, a huge week for New Zealand sport because next week the Warriors go close to, what one would hope, sealing a top four. Uh, they've got an easy run home. They play next Friday and then, of course, next Saturday, the AB's down in Dunedin. So Dunedin, I'll be in you next week. I'm coming down to Dunedin and looking forward to being part of that. Right, let's talk harness racing. On Friday night, we had the Winter Rewards Races out of Alexandra Park. We had them at Addington on Thursday too and basically this is for horses who race more regularly in winter and they get a boosted stake to 20,000 to say hey you matter too. There were a lot of good performances the other night. Nelson's boy was really good. Hooray Henry for Team Butcher was excellent after spending 18 months on the sidelines. But the horse who won, in fact the horse who won out of both meetings Thursday and Friday, who you looked at and thought Rightio, you're off to open class. It's called Dream of You. Here's what he did. 
as they come for home. It ain't necessarily so by two. Romeo Foxtrot, Jason over down the outside now. Laurie's Legacy, Quick Shani deep on the passing lane. Dream of you up on the outside of Kiwi Tricks. 100 left to go. The leader, it ain't necessarily so. Laurie's Legacy's out and after it now on the outside. It ain't necessarily so. Laurie's Legacy and Dream of You joins in right on the line too. Now, this is a very, very tight three-way go and they are worlds apart it ain't necessarily so Laurie's legacy and dream of you right on the wires put himself not often you hear that um, commentary horse versus horse horse versus horse. Oh, hold on here's another horse and that was dream of you at the 400 I gave it no chance of winning at the 200 I thought David Butcher stuffed this up he's left it too late here he's gonna get beaten a length but it just got up on the line to win like a good horse, and let's not get carried away. It's it's not Lyle Creek, but it's going to be an open class horse, and that's pretty exciting for trainer Derek Bull. Good morning to you, Derek. Thanks for joining us, mate. Yeah, good morning, Mick. Did good you morning, think Greg. did you think Butch had stuffed the drive up? Because at the four hundred, I thought, nah, he has he hasn't moved here. What's he doing? And at the two hundred, uh, I thought, David, really? And then, boom. Yeah, yeah, no, I was right there with you, really. I thought the 400, I thought obviously the horse wasn't trotting as good as he can do. I thought sort of looking for uh, looking for excuses, really, wondering what had gone wrong. But uh, no, I talked to David after the race. I'd come back to scale and he said, oh, no, he said they got to the half and 27. They were always going to come back to me. So <laughs> typical D Butcher, he didn't really panic. He wasn't panicked. He sort of knew what he had underneath him and, yeah, timed it to perfection. He's a horse who... Uh, ran second on debut, won on his fourth start. Then he had a run of 10 outs. Tell us about why a horse who clearly now is this good, how can it have a run of 10 outs in the one win grade? Uh, probably just his gait. His gait and his, his, his mental capacity to handle racing. Like, you know, if you get a maiden trotter and they win too quickly, well, they, not too quickly, but if they win early in their programme, they jump up against a lot of older horses that know what to do. So it does take a lot of a lot of young trotters a wee while just to get to the grips of standing starts, getting it away safely around that first bend. And he didn't always have a good gait. So uh, I think the biggest thing for him is that his gait has improved. And that's, you know, that's what he's starting to show us now. Are you starting to get excited? Because obviously you've had some, some very good open-class trotters. You've won an Inter-Dominion. You've had Martina H, who raced in a very good era of horses. Uh, is this horse going to be an open-class horse like I think he is? And where's the ceiling for him? Uh, well, yeah, obviously he's starting to get excited now. He's, he's starting to put it all together. So, yeah, yeah, it is exciting, a horse up in that grade. Um, he's he's got to take that next step. You know, he's only beaten the the middle class horses, so uh, he's got to, he's going out for a break now, five or six weeks, and then come back. And so over Christmas, he's got to make that next jump up. And as you know, once you get up to that top level, open class trots or paces, they you know they sometimes take six twelve months to acclimatise. Racing the Muscle Mountains, Arty by the Hills, those sort of horses that are already up there doing it. So. Uh, yeah, long term, you know, 12 months time, I can see him definitely yep, being competitive up there. I would have thought, Derek, it's a better time to be coming into open class at 12 months from now, maybe, or six months, than it would have been doing this two years ago. Two years ago, you would have had this massive log jam of talent headed by Sunday Sun. Yes, you have Bolt for Brilliance, and yes, you have 
a very good horse in Muscle Mountain, but there are also horses who, particularly Muscle Mountain, might sneak across to Australia at some stage. A horse like Dream of You, is there chances now you can plot to stay away from those two big guns by racing in the north during cup time, by racing in some of the handicap races they may not head for, or racing in Alexandra Park around February, March when they might be overseas? Because you seem to have, by racing him in winter, targeted good stakes, but without being rude to your opposition, kept away from many of the better horses. Yeah, absolutely. And and that was probably the plan with Sky to sort of get him a bit of ring craft over winter when yeah, the fields aren't as strong and, and it's you know, come worked out perfectly for us. So going forward, yeah, absolutely. You don't want to be taken on Muscle Mountain or Bolt for Brilliance when you have to. Um so, you know, six months down the track we may look at the Road Cup, uh, May next year. But other than that we will probably try and avoid the big guys. And yeah, so without Muscle Mountain there, the rest, you know, the rest are, are good, nice, open-class horses without being anything up to that, you know, Muscle Mountain or Bolt for Brilliance's level, as Love and the Port proved in the Row Cup, he, you know, he got a good run, done everything right, and that's the sort of horse that, yeah, we'd be quite competitive with, I think, without taking on those good guys till we have to. Mate, you've always loved a good trotter. They've been very good to you. Um, as good as this horse is, you're going to see trotters way better than him over the next couple of weeks. So I believe you and Raylene, your lovely wife, are, are off to the Hambo, better known as the Hambletonian Day at the Meadowlands. And is that something you've got any experience with? Have you been there before? And, and you must be looking forward to it. No, no, it'll be my first time to the Meadowlands. So yeah, went over three, three years ago to see my brother. He works for Nifty Norman over there, has done for a while. Gerald, so yeah, caught up with him, but didn't actually get to the races. We uh, we played a few games of golf and done a few other things. So this will be my first time to the Meadowlands, which will be great. And yeah, there's quite a few Kiwis over there and going over there. So uh, no, it'll be a great experience. Hey, Derek, Greg here, mate. Congratulations on the way you've developed Dream of You. When you go through his pedigree, though, and the connections who bred him, race the likes of Paramount Gigi and Paramount King, etc., it is all ahead of him. What about you as a trainer? Because you're in a number of partnerships over, over a few years and you've gone past 500 wins as a trainer. What's Derek Ball, the trainer, like now, say, compared to maybe half those wins ago? Yeah, no, uh, yeah, good question, Greg. I sort of probably reassessed things um, the last couple of years. So we probably aren't doing as many, and happily so, probably keeping about 12 to 15 horses. And, yeah, just trying to find a bit of quality rather than get out there and work work all day and go around in circles going nowhere. We're just uh, taking things a little bit easier, a bit more golf, a bit more fishing, and, uh, yeah, just doing a few less horses but trying to concentrate on quality. And what about driving-wise? You put DJ Butcher in the bike the other night, and as Mick alluded to, and you did too, it was um, him at his best to, to absolute perfection. You've driven a couple of hundred winners. Is it still a desire to be out there? Is it a case of you just want to help with horses like this in their early stages of their career, and, and, and do you still want to be out there? Yeah, sort of. It probably hit the nail on the head as far as getting young horses and especially trotters, getting young trotters organised. I think I've still got a role to play out there. I don't aspire to, uh, you know, drive a whole lot of winners every year, but I think if I can get the horses organised and then you can put Zach or David or someone else on that is out there more regularly in the bigger races, I think that works. So, uh, 
and and hey, if you, if you find a horse that you suit and no one else can get on with, I'm happy to drive them all the time. But yeah, I, I got no aspirations as far as driving um, week to week goes. But <clears throat> no, if I can help a young horse get organised, I'm happy to be out there. So, uh, but you no, know, hard to compete with Zach or David or Tony at their best when they're out there every you know every race all the time. All right, on the track we've talked plenty. You keep mentioning golf. How is it going? Yeah, uh, twenty-one handicap. So it's it's hard to sort of prove on that, which is a bit disappointing. But uh, I'm going to keep trying. Michael, I don't know that I'd want to take D Ball on with a twenty-one handicap. I think he's beautifully placed, and if I was the handicapper, I'd be keeping an eye on him. Well, you'd be okay, but he's got that golfer's build, um, so you, you'd be okay. But yeah, I think D Ball. I think don't think you'll be seeing me pick up the sticks anytime soon. Hey, um, just talking about the trotters because there'll be people listening to this who, who love the harness racing, but also people who who are gallops fans or sports fans. What's the predominant difference between training a pacer and a trotter? And I'm not meaning lack of hopples or or obviously the gear and all the things that go into it, but in the philosophy and in what you're trying to do with the horse and in the feeding of the horse, how do you treat a trotter differently from a pacer? Yeah, I guess there's plenty of different ways to do it, as, as, as there is. But my, my predominant theme is to keep their muscles, to build muscle and keep their muscles loose and flexible. So uh, a pacer seems to be able to run around with a lot more muscle pain than a trotter. So a trotter has muscle pain or is not fluent in their gait and then they gallop because they have no hobbles to hold their, their gait together. Where, yeah, so that's my predominant theme, I think. And over the years, you like to think that you try and improve it all the time. But if, you know, a horse that's sound and, and his muscles are happy and flexible uh, and supple is probably the biggest word, then they seem to produce their best effort on the track. So, uh, yeah, you try not to feed them too much hot feed. So uh, just, uh, just on that, oats. obviously oats are a great source of energy, but a lot of trainers who train trotters don't like to feed too many oats, A, in case it heats them up too much, or B, in case they tie up too much. So do you feed oats to your trotters? No, not at all, no oats. But I know in Europe, in France and Sweden, some of them feed, you know, big, big, big amounts of oats. So I don't think there's any rules. It's just uh, tie your work, you know, your... You work into your feed, so if you're feeding them big, obviously you you work them a lot harder. Um, so yeah, there's a lot lot goes into it, but basically I, I feed low GI feed and then long and slow work. So uh, that's probably my basic principles. But uh, yeah, every everyone's different, and there's no no right and wrong. I don't think. All right, talk about the future. Greg asked you about your daily attitude to racing now and what you get out of it. But what about races you could win? I like asking anybody in harness racing, or in fact anybody in racing, this question. If you could only win one big, big race ever again, and it's often surprising what people answer. Like a few weeks ago, we asked Sarah O'Reilly, and she said she wants to win the Methven Cup. What's the race <laughs> you would like to win? Yeah, I've always loved the Inter Dominion Trot Grand Final, so uh, that's always a, a great series. You're against Aussies, you've got to produce your horse two or three heats and in a final. So to me, that's, uh, yeah, that's, that's right up there above the Row Cup and Dominion's handicap just. But, uh, yeah, I've always loved the Dominion's grand final. 
Mate, it's good to see you with a good horse, and uh, and I'm thrilled for the owners. They kept hold of the horse. I know some pesky people were trying to buy them off you, but they did not lose faith, Derek, and you're going to have an open-class horse, and this time next year you'll get to go on trips and muck around and go to Addington and and enjoy yourself. And Mate, I'm looking forward to uh, to seeing how it all unfolds for you and, and the winning connections of uh, Dream of You. Yeah, they're lovely owners, great people. They really look after their horse as well. They just their place, breed them, so... Uh, no, really thrilled for them just to get a nice horse. Mate, enjoy your trip. Enjoy Hambo Day. Um, yeah, look, I'll be honest with you. I've been to four or five Hambos, and it's a long day, Derek. I would say maybe pop down to the 7-Eleven and buy a couple of uh, <laughs> buy a couple of Powerades, put them in the fridge at the hotel, because the day after Hambo Day is just as long as the day before. It's 15 <laughs> races, Derek. It's 15 races, mate. You need to, you need to pace yourself. Yeah. Um, I'm a bit, a bit older now, so I pace myself pretty good these days. Yeah, well, that's what I thought, Derek, too, but never mind. Uh, mate, have a great <laughs> trip. Have a good time, and congratulations yeah. on the win. Cheers, guys. Thank you. Good horse, Greg. Oh, look, I'm not getting carried away and saying he's going to be a superstar because it's only winter racing, but it was it was two things. It proved he's going to be an open-class horse, and it was a reminder because we hadn't seen one of these for a while. But the D. Butch, nah, this can't win drives. And he had, used to do them at Cambridge all the time when he was driving for Jeff Small, and he'd be overly patient, and you'd think, mate, you've stuffed this up. They're going to call you in the room for this. And he gets up on the line. And it's very rare you can fool Aaron with that sort of call because it just looked like he was no winning chance. Every once in a while, David does something that makes me go, oh, you've still absolutely He's got a genius. It. Yep. He does. He's the only yep. person in New Zealand, I think, who does that that well. Ricky may used to do it, but Ricky's had to change his driving because the bigger fields down home make it a lot harder to, to drive them dead cold. And you don't see it very often from Tony Hurley. He obviously, he can do it, but you just don't see it that often. I think he's the one driver in the country who still drives horses occasionally to the point where you're like, mate, you've stuffed this up, and they yep. get up and win. And I don't say that as a fan club thing. It's just, it's a skill that is uh, less frequently seen in harness racing these days. Yeah, absolutely it is. I couldn't have summed it up better. Um, and just on Derek Ball, Derek and Raylene for that matter, um, just salt of the earth people. You know, you just want them to have another good horse, and I think they've found one, uh, as you mentioned. So uh, he's been a terrific horseman for a very long time, and um, yeah, this horse should be in the, all of those open class races in, in the next 12 months. Well, he's a legit guy. Like, he, he's, he's an honest guy. He, he probably doesn't overwork his horses, as you heard there. He doesn't overfeed them, so he works them nice and slow. And, and so sometimes they'll come to the races, and they will need a bit of work, a bit of racing to get up to the up to speed, and that's important. And this horse is a classic time. example. 100% yep. he is. And, and sometimes he raced a bit fat and then other times you know he sort of you get them once they hone down and that's often a skill for the punters is just sometimes you go dog on a horse because you're back at it fresh up and it gets beat and you're like ah, oh, this is no good but often some of those stables who look after their horses and don't trial them hard will take you two or three runs so there's punting lesson 114 for the day <laughs> coming up <laughs> on Trot's Talk. Hey, we're going to take a break. On the other side, look, enough of this. Um, Greg O'Connor's going to go hunting for some winners. He was, uh, I don't mean to raise this because Greg's very sensitive about this subject, but over the last couple of weeks, he's missed a couple of shows because he's been over in Aussie being a big noter, and I've been doing the Southern Man segment, and last week Matt Cross did it, and yeah. Well, Greg, Greg, Greg's a little bit Welcome upset. back. Yeah, you're, just, you're upset, mate. I mean, I know you like your little jingle. I've got Mailman Mick. You've got the Southern Man segment. <laughs> and I know you were dirty last week. He texted me some scathing stuff about Matt Cross playing the Southern Man segment. So, look, but we're going to 
put a moratorium, no one else is allowed to do the Southern Man segment apart from Greg. So, uh, Robbie, we're up to that. have you heard that? Because did you get a text message from Greg? Was he filthy last week? No, I didn't get anything like that. Yeah, no. He, mm. he, he texts me. He said, "What about?" He's not capable of making stuff up, Michael, is he? He no. said, "He said, what about Matt Cross and that Robbie going doing the duty behind my back?" <laughs> and I said, "Mate, I said, Greg, you, you're holding on too tight, brother." So, when, when Matt Cross does the show in the future, Robbie, we'll have to get a different jingle. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm not sure. Maybe, yeah, maybe that the, definitely all happened to. Maybe the devil goes down to Georgia. That that could be the case. Anyway, long story <laughs> short, after that long preamble, we better pick some winners. Uh, after this break, it's uh, the Southern Man segment here on Trust Talk. I'm a Southern man, and I'm so I got the South in my blood, and I'm gonna be here till I'm dead and well dead. Yes, it's time for the Southern Man segment, which is on each and every week uh, on Trot's Talk, brought to you by HRNZ. Last week it was Matthew Cross, and he's got a new nickname for Mickey G. It's Mickey G brackets ST. Nothing like him to add a whole lot more on top. We're joined by Jack Harrington, who has a runner in today, but he's uh, dual purpose today. Better Vet Natural Solutions have got in behind the race day at Addington Raceway. We've had all the trainers Sundays, and uh, Jack's a big part of Better Vet now. Uh, very good morning to you, Jack. Yeah, good morning, Greg. Thanks for ha- having me on. And I didn't mind that sort of comment from uh, Matthew Cross, the old, he likes to add a bit of GST himself, doesn't he? <laughs> that he does. That's why he's good at what he does. Yeah. Uh, big day for Better Vet today, and all of the races uh, named with the Better Vet uh, prefix. So tell me a little bit about the product and why you've got behind this race day. Uh, yeah, so pretty much, well, I've been using Better Vet for you know, five or six years now, and um, a while ago they'll growing pretty rapidly and needed a, a South Island sales rep. They only just had one covering the whole country. And uh, I put forward my wife, uh, Ashley. Um, yeah, she uses supplements as well, and it's a sort of a thing that, you know, we wouldn't do it if we didn't believe in the product. And, um, you yeah, with us having a newborn baby and Ashley going on maternity leave, they approached me to take on her role of covering the South Island pretty much. And, yeah, I, I jumped at the opportunity. Like I say, it's a... You know, it's a product that I fully believe in. Otherwise, you know, I wouldn't bother doing it. Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, we're the only natural, fully herbal uh, equine supplement range in New Zealand. Um, and, yeah, we sort of try and just give people a different opportunity to use something that's not, um, say, chemically based or, you know, medically based, um, just, just to show people that there's something else out there that can um, help our horses. All the details are at uh, bettervet.co.nz, but today on course, you've obviously got the race names, but you're also setting up a stall there, and there's some specials, so anyone thinking, oh, I might check out some of this stuff, they can head along to Spectators Bar at Addington, and um, you will have the team, you and Kylie will be there and uh, be able to help them out. Yeah, def- definitely, yeah, we've got this stall here, just to show people sort of um, you know what we've got, and you know, here to answer any questions if anyone needs it, um, and also today is probably... Also about just giving back to our clients and people that have supported us. So, um, yeah, we've invited a few clients along. Um, uh, Mark and Nathan Turden are going to turn up and, you know, do a bit of a, have a bit of a couple of beers and a couple of chats with a few people. So um, that'll be quite good. And, yeah, like I say, we'll have a, a few, good range of products there for people to have a look at. And, um, yeah, we've got a few special deals on for the day as well. 
All right. Well, we see Mark uh, endorsing things on the website, so it'd be good to see him out and about. You've got a runner today, the Mayor by Love You. We've just talked to Derek Ball about uh, his Love You, Dream of You, who's been flying. And we know Tiamo Bell clearly has the ability to win a race like this. How is she? And you've got the country's leading reinsman on. Yeah, no, she's great. Really happy with her. Um, she's come back this time quite a, a big, solid mare, so she's taken a lot more work. Uh, things didn't go to plan last week in the Darren de Philippi for her, but um, I think today she's proven in the past that she can you know, do a bit of work or um, you know, sit off them and come at one run. So I think maybe she might probably need the run today, but saying that, though, she has beat more quality fields than this, and it's not an overly big field, so even if she's not handy, um, she shouldn't be too far off them. And um, I, I do think she's capable of winning the race, um, but also, no matter what she does today, she's definitely going to, take a lot of improvement out of and um, hopefully we can get her into some of those nice mares trots you know, later on in the year. Alright, she's 5.50 into 4.80 so some punters are following you in. We'll catch you over at Addington and thank you for your time Jack. Yep, cheers, thanks very much Greg. Alright, that's Jack Harrington. Uh, this bloke just about has his own segment and I think he's three on the bounce, Matthew Williamson. You'll start sending me an account soon. Yeah, I'm going to start providing with some winners, there's more the issue Greg I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why we're getting you on. Uh, let's whip through them. Wolfenstein in the first. Uh, yeah, been disappointing his two runs back. He should have shown a bit more than what he has. Um, he's got good gate speed, and he, he should get a nice run from there, and he's got the champ on. So, uh, But I'd just say probably uh, outside place chance on how he's been going so far. All right, Mr White aboard. Uh, Wolfenstein, you're right, the national champion. Let's go to race four and winning bones. This is a very even trot. Switch on's been heavily back. Just heard from Jack Harrington about Tiamo Bell. But winning bones from barrier three, three-time winner at Addington Raceway, looks to be pretty competitive in this, I would have thought. He, he does, Greg. He's just been really disappointing. His last uh, three starts have been pretty terrible by his standard. He's always been uh, very honest, but he's just... Uh, yeah, lacking that uh, extra gear at the moment. Um, yeah, so just looking for... He, I definitely think he's up to these horses, but just looking for him to show a bit more. So he's probably another one, just a place chance. All right, you drive one for Joseph Gray in race number six, Let's Go Ringo. Last start, third behind Tartan Raider, who's a race rival once again. Uh, looks an each-way chance? Yeah, probably just more a place, I'd say, Greg. Um, he did go very well the other day, but this would be a stronger field with uh, Badika being in there, so... Um, he, yeah, if he gets a nice smother, he's got a nice wee sprint on him and, and can run on the money, but it'll be a hard one for him to win. What about Robin Shadow in race number seven? Excellent second last week behind Ava Adore. Uh, comes up with barrier six with the scratching of Hilda Maud and there has been support uh, for this one that you also train. Yeah, three of his last four starts have been really good, Greg. Uh, yeah, we've been really happy with how he's been going lately. So uh, he's finally got a this is his first front line draw for probably about his last six starts so uh, he's got good gate speed so he'll roll forward and uh, yeah he's an each way chance what about granny rose in the next yeah been racing consistent was disappointing last start um i just put that down to racing too many weeks in a row but comes up with a good draw he loves the 2000 meter stand he's generally a good beginner so uh he's another looks a good each way chance and here's the big mover of the day. 11s into 6s, Oliver North. Go on the run two starts back. Is that what we should do? Well, that's what I'm hoping. Um, yeah, very disappointing last start. I, he should have went close for the run he had, and he, he showed nothing at all. Uh, his work's been really good since. So, 
yeah, if he if he goes like he did first up, I'd say it'd be really hard to beat. But uh, and if he goes like he did second up, he, he won't be in the money. But hopefully, um, like I say, his work's been good, so I'll be disappointed if it isn't the version that was his first start rather than his second. What's the best for our SENZ Trots Talk listeners, Matthew? Uh, well, I'd probably go Oliver North um, and just hopeful that uh, the right version turns up. All right, really appreciate your time, mate. Send me the account. <laughs> no, good call. Thanks, Greg. All right, there he is, Matthew Williamson. We go to uh, Brent White now. Morning to you, Whitey. How are you, Greg? Yeah, excellent, thanks. Thanks so much for your time. You and your son, Tim, you must be delighted the way the season's going. You've gone beyond 20 wins. Yeah, no, it started off pretty good, Greg, so um, long mark continue. You must be talented, that, Tim. Yeah, he knows a bit. <laughs> <laughs> He's learned a bit off you. You've got a couple of hundred wins on your own in the, in the bank. Um, let's see if you can grab another one today. You had two in race eight. Coley Trouble comes out, but you got Sassy Star. Form line would indicate, mm, not sure if we should be on, but we know there's a motor there. Yeah, yeah, she can. Um, she can, and she has let us down on numerous occasions. Um, but, yeah, I've been happy. Um, we've made a couple of small gear alterations since the last start, and um, I've been happier with the way she's worked. So, yeah, like um, just a nice even field of um, low-grade trotters. So if she... If she steps, yeah, she's got to she's got to be a chance, but she's got to bring her manners as well, mate. Yep, she certainly does, Kimberly. But uh, we'll do the steering there. Last start winner Franco Messi has Sarah O'Reilly today. A wide front row draw, but you can only win and won nicely last time. Yeah, he's a funny little horse. We sort of just can't get him up on the up on the job. He sort of loses concentration a wee bit. I think there's a little bit more. A little bit more in the tank than he's um, showing yet, so uh, I expect him to. He's trained good during the week, and I expect him to go another nice race today. But I do think um, over right through to Christmas time, he will gradually get better. So he's probably one just to follow over the next few months. All right, team racing really well. Where do we get to see, or when do we get to see American Me again? Um, yeah, well, he's been um, lovely horse to join the stable. He had um, he just had a short break for a week um, since his last win, and he will start again um, back at, back tomorrow. So possibly either the Courier Cup, or we might even have to get drop his dip his toes into the Morris Holmes bars. We'll just see how it all stacks up, and probably how much how many metres the handicapper give, gives us in the um, Courier Cup will probably depend which way he goes. All right, hopefully he's listening. Thanks for your time, Whitey. Appreciate it. Go well today. Good as gone, mate. Thanks, Greg. Great to get the Southern Man tips there, Gregory. I'm not sure if you've been keeping up with what's going on in Victoria, because I know you've been in Queensland recently, but Kyle Marshall's had a barn burner of a start Remarkable. to his career yeah. over there, and they just seem to be winning from all over the place. Obviously, we knew that Son of Mac was a good horse, but um, had his two-year-old uh, won again last night, and he's obviously a very good horse. He's won, I think, four from four or three from four. Correct. So, yep. Look, I tell you what, it's uh, it's great to see him doing a good job and, and great to see the Kiwi horse people um, yeah, showing the Victorians what they've made of. So congratulations to Kyle. I know his dad, David, will be extremely proud of what's going on over there. So well done to Kyle. On the other side of this break, we're going to do something we don't do very often on Trot's Talk. We like to give you as many interview subjects as possible. But one of the great guys of New Zealand harness racing, and I worked closely with him during COVID, and during COVID, racing just went to hell. It was a disaster. And there was no one leading the the ship. 
Darren Williams was the man who led harness racing during that time, and he did an incredible job. I was proud of him. I wouldn't say we're close friends, but I have enormous respect for what he did, not only during that phase, but of course over his working career. But being part of that and ringing people all the time and seeing how it actually went down, uh, he was by far and away the single most efficient person I dealt with in New Zealand racing during COVID. And I dealt with everybody. He was the absolute most efficient one. Um, alongside people like Andrew Castles and the Galloping Code. But after this break, we're going to talk to Darren about his time in harness racing because he is moving on to, I believe, the Greyhound welfare space with Greyhound Racing New Zealand. It's a good get for them. We'll talk to Darren Williams about his life in harness racing. Stick around for this. It'll be worth listening to here on Trot's Talk after this break. Welcome back to Trot's Talk, and as mentioned before the break, Darren Williams is leaving after a very long and distinguished career in harness racing uh, to go do some good for Greyhound Racing New Zealand. Darren, good morning, and quite literally, you've gone to the dogs. Morning, Mick. Yeah, and no, I have. Yeah, change of, change of vacation, so I'm over to, to help out with what I can do there. All right, talk to us about what your new role is going to be at Greyhound Racing New Zealand and and why is it a good time to move and try something different? I think a lot of people our age do. Um, what's inspired you to do this? Oh, look, just, just something different. Um, Mick, I've been doing it for a long time and uh, the opportunity came up uh, and I thought about it for a long time. Um, I'm going to be dealing with um, welfare strategy and operations, but mostly around rehoming greyhounds uh, at the end of their life. So the, um, we have a number of partners that work with us around, um, if you like, the dating agencies. They, they provide the, the contact to the Great Mates program, which is the Greyhound Racing New Zealand program for retired greyhounds, and uh, look to move those into... Um, domestic properties as pets and they are a great pet anyone that's got one will know how, how affectionate they are and, and literally they laze around doing nothing <laughs> they have a great life Sounds pretty good um, I'm a guy who walked on to Addington for the first time when I was 11 years old and, and felt uh, a sense of greatness and almost a home about the place. I'm sure you're the same. It must be a strange thought to you that, yes, you'll still be walking on to Addington, but you won't be walking on to Addington in a professional harness racing capacity for the immediate future. That must feel odd. It was really odd this morning, Mick, um, getting up and not sort of looking at scratchings and tracks and weather and and thinking about everything that needs to be done for the day and making sure the staff have all got everything they need. It's a, it's a, it's a weird feeling, but, yeah, look, I've, I've loved the sport my entire life, well before my working time, and um, I actually went to Addington Raceway in my school uniform and said, this is where I want to work. And luckily, Trevor Davis was the uh, secretary manager at the time and, and said, come down and have a chat which I did, uh, there were no jobs going then, and he rang me a couple of years later and said there's an office junior job there, and to be honest, it was just like a dream. I mean, it was like literally like a kid in a candy store. I was already interested in the sport, but I think my first day was uh, taking fees at the trials in the numbers room in the old stable block at Addington, uh, talking to Felix Newfield, Jack Carmichael, Jack Smolensky, John Noble, all of these people, and it was just, I thought... Heavens above, I'm actually getting paid to do this. <laughs> this is just great fun. Uh, and, you know, I've been in love with it my entire life. I've seen a lot of changes, obviously, but it's a, it's a fantastic sport. 
Darren, I've been lucky enough to work uh, with you. I followed you uh, into your job at Addington Raceway when you went to HRNZ, and of course you had a uh, quarter of a century there. What about some of the people that influenced you? And I, you think of people like Trevor <laughs> Davis, uh, obviously Tony Lai, Brian Rabbit, uh, Barry Johnson had a big part to play in your early development. Yeah, look, all of those guys. Um, when I was at Eddington, of course, um, both Brian and Tony uh, in the racing department, uh, you know, a lot of influence there, a lot of um, skill. Um, I can remember making mistakes and being dressed down by Tony and, and made sure that I did things the, the right way and the way that Eddington should do them. And we, and to this day, we still double-check everything and triple-check everything the way that we used to. Uh, Barry Johnson, just a, a legend of the game. The amount of money that he used to get in and sponsorship was incredible. And as we are talking the other day, Greg Barry was actually instigated the Canterbury television coverage of racing here in Canterbury well before Trackside were broadcasting or what was Action TV, I think, when it started. But, um, you know, we were lucky in Canterbury to have racing being broadcast from Addington pretty much on a weekly basis. I think Rob Wilkinson was the, the host at the time, but... It was something unique, and Barry was really influential in that in that space with Canterbury Television. Was that one of the biggest innovations, I suppose, in the sport alongside Jetbet? You were telling me the other day. Jetbet was huge. Um, I was there when that happened. Uh, such a dramatic change for punters to have to fill in what were basically computer forms. <laughs> unique for a lot of people at the time, but. I think Tiabi did a really good job with that when that come in. And we had people all over the course helping people. Of course, in those days, it wasn't um, unlike 10 over on course to be four or 500,000. On course, only meetings could do a million dollars. Um, so we had a lot of people on course. So getting them to transition to something different was was unique. Um, yeah, there's, there's been other things through the time. I think yeah, it was one of the big ones. Um, but yeah, changing from uh, a sport that you went to watch to being able to watch it in the home was a dramatic change. Of course, it did lift the turnover initially, but of course it perhaps waned interest a wee bit in, in the actual event apart from the big carnivals or the country meetings. Yeah, but of course then you had to uh, become innovative yourself with all of those sporting nights and punting competitions on course. Um, Darren, over that time, you've seen some outstanding horses, and I know your favourite horse, and coincidentally, it's the same favourite horse as Michael Guerin. There was a mare in the 80s that really took your eye. Yeah, I think uh, Bonnie's Chance was that one, Greg, but I think it was it was more so Richard Brosnan. It was, it was very young, obviously, and the, the colours were outstanding. Everything he did was immaculate. Um, the horses obviously run. He had a you know a uniqueness of of holding horses up and them storming home. I heard Mick talking a wee bit earlier on a wee bit the way Ricky May drives at, at, at times. There's always plenty left in the tank and they're always roaring home. But uh, she was she was lightning Bonnie's chance and and she was the one that I fell in love with. But there were plenty there were plenty of others. Lord Modules, Alamets and Free for All was just something phenomenal. Um, mainly because of his behaviour leading up to it and the way he. He was the darling of the crowd, but also the enemy of the punter. Um, and, and to beat the field that he beat and to run past the Gamalites, hands down, Bonnie's chance, Armalite, uh, and do it the way he did, just set the crowd alight. I can remember as he galloped in the score up again, looking like he would take no part, but all of a sudden started pacing. 
and Rion Murthus said at the time, Lord Module's pacing, and the crowd started roaring from that point, and the race was 2,600 metres, and it got louder and louder and louder. And as he turned for home, there was no chance he was winning. And it was just something phenomenal. People running from the grandstand down to the birdcage to see him, just something that was you know, unique to harness racing at the time. Mate, I've never know, didn't know that that Bonnie's Chance was your favourite horse. She was, um, she was my, she was the horse that got me into harness racing. Funny enough, when she won the Wellington yep. Cup, I remember hearing her and thinking, "Oh, I love that." And uh, yeah, she probably ruined my life. Um, about it for you, what was the, um, what's the favourite New Zealand Cup? What's the New Zealand Cup that sticks in your mind? Because I think for most people, and particularly Kent Hebrians, who love harness racing, the Cup, as they call it, is the biggest. Oh, look, there's lots of them. Mick, obviously, even before I was working as a youngster, Bonnie's Chance, of course, being uh, taken out of the cup with Wapro start stopping in front of her um, when Armalite took off and cleared out, and then her pretty much doing exactly the same thing a year later when she won the cup. She was able to just get well away from them. was a big thrill, but I think, if I, if I really think about it, the performance that really stood out was Lazarus when he just unleashed and he just kept going and going and going and just cleared out and you thought this is an absolute superstar. Uh, that was probably the cup in my you know, recent memory that I, that I think stood out the most. Me too. Uh, beat two subsequent Inter-Dominion winners in Smolder and Tiger Tara. So yes, it's the greatest modern day harness racing performance of the last decade I've seen. And there's a few horses being banded around as world champions at the moment. Uh, the difference is Lazarus actually went to America and beat the best. Darren, on a personal note, thank you for <clears throat> what you've done for harness racing. Uh, as I was telling the listeners, I spent so much time, probably every day I had to ring you to ask you for harness racing updates over COVID. Uh, and you were the most efficient racing administrator I dealt with. So, mate, thank you for, on behalf of a lot of people. Um, I know you're going to the dogs, but we'll see you at Addington again. It's going to be a strange old moment when you when you go to New Zealand Cup Day. You don't have to do any work and you don't have to stress and you don't get to go out of the office and you can you might be able to have a glass of wine and enjoy yourself. Yeah, you no, know, we'll be on with Mac. Yeah, just enjoy the day. But, um, yeah, look, I've enjoyed my time in, in, race, in harness racing. There's been a lot, a lot of change, a lot of things happening. Uh, stake boosts that we've had just recently. Are, uh, we've had a, you know, a lot of things over the over the years. Not only the COVID situation, but the earthquakes in Canterbury were were horrific to deal with, and and trying to to manage all of that, uh, you know, with with the rest of the team. And um, I think probably the thing that really sticks in the in the crawl, which will be the same for Greg, was running the New Zealand Cup behind closed doors. Uh, it was actually more work than the running it with 15,000 people there, um, just trying to get everything in order. And we had, of course, the police on the course, and we had licensing people on the course and all sorts of things like that. But I think the look on the staff's face at the end of the day was just so deflating to, to not be able to put the cup on as we normally would, would be able to celebrate. And I think that was one of the greatest things last year was when everything bounced back and we ran a New Zealand Cup with record turnover the two days, 13.3 million, well and truly the biggest race meeting turnover-wise in New Zealand history. Uh, New Zealand Cup Day holds seven of the top ten spots of all time. So we're able to bounce back from some of those those challenges and, and uh, celebrate as we would like to in Canterbury as, with New Zealand Trotting Cup as part of the, the Cup Week Carnival, which is just unique to New Zealand racing. 
Darren, on behalf of all of us, thank you, and we will see you at the Dogs and at Addington. Darren Williams, who is leaving to go to the Greyhound Racing uh, Organisation to do some good with the Dogs. We'll take a short break, come back and sum it all up here on Trust Talk. Not too far away from the first at Addington, Greg O'Connor. Great to talk to you, mate, Darren Williams. Here. Sum up for us today the winners we should be looking at on the big track. Michael, race three, number one, country gold. One start for Henderson Hunter, barrier one, big winning chance, 3.30 it's into. Race five, number eight, Wallflower. The Kentuckiana Lodge uh, team of Cran and Chrissy Delgetti with Carter in the bike, One seventy it's into. And Bodica in race six, number nine, is thrown into that event. The multi comes back $11. Next week on the show, Michael, Blair Orange, he's heading to the World Drivers' Championship, so we'll have a decent chat to him about what that's all about. Looking forward to that, Greg. Thanks for listening this morning. Thanks to Derek Ball, who's got a nice horse. Thanks to our team for the Southern Man segment. And Darren Williams, good luck to you in the Greyhound world. That's Trot's Talk, courtesy of Harness Racing. <clears throat> courtesy of Harness Racing New Zealand. About time we left because my voice is gone. Enjoy your day. If you have a bet, we wish you the best of luck.